Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Hey everyone, uh, my name is Kaylin Caffrey, and I am super excited to be here with you today on the Switch Leader Podcast. We have James Meehan uh, also with us today, and Hello. we're excited to Welcome. you guys. Glad to be here. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> Feels super genuine. Um, no, I'm just kidding. All right. We are going to kick it off like we've been kicking it off uh, for the past several episodes by answering a question from you guys, from our some of our Switch leaders. So are you ready for this question, James? Born ready. Born ready. Here's the question. It says, I've been a small group leader for almost 11 months. And in that time, I have had three students in my group talk with me about committing suicide. Um, This person has even had to leave work early to go to the hospital to visit a student um, because of a failed suicide attempt. Um, What resources, uh, counselors, suicide hotlines, all of all of those things uh, do we have at Switch available for, to help our leaders and students walk through this? Yeah, this is such a good question because the unfortunate reality is that the rate at which students are attempting to take their own lives is unlike anything it's ever been before in our nation. And it's something that unfortunately is becoming more frequent and prevalent. And there are so many students who are showing up to switch inner life and switch online that are dealing with these thoughts about taking their own life. And so we need to be aware as leaders that this is a part of their world so that we can step into it with wisdom and with truth. And so what I would say first and foremost is to acknowledge that resources matter but not as much as relationships. And so you as a switch leader, the fact that you have invested relationally in your students to the point where they're willing to open up to you about these things and that you're showing up for them outside of a Wednesday night switch is the biggest thing you can do. Because in situations where students are dealing with depression or severe anxiety or whatever might be driving them to feel like life isn't worth living anymore, the best thing that we can do is continue to show up and show them the love of Jesus over and over and over again. And so first and foremost, thank you for what you're doing to show your students that they matter to you and that they matter to God. Now, what I'm not saying is that we don't offer resources. We absolutely do. But I just want to start with the foundation of relationships. And really, when it comes to the resources we provide, the best person for you to talk to about that is your youth pastor. When these different conversations come up on a Wednesday night switch, if you have a student who opens up to you about potentially thinking about taking their own life, the best thing you can do is talk to your youth pastor so that they can get you connected with the resources you need. And potentially, if it's the right next step with the professional help and counselors for those students to get them connected with their parents so that all together as a leader, as a youth pastor with their parents, we can come around this student with everything that they need to be successful and to walk through these struggles in a way that's going to bring them closer to Jesus and going to bring them hope along the journey. Now, in addition to that, I will say that we actually did a series of Instagram posts during our National Suicide Prevention Month campaign back in, I believe it was September. And we had three different posts that went out. Um, The first one was just kind of like awareness bringing 
The second one was directed towards those students that might be dealing with suicidal thoughts. And the third one was for those of us who are trying to offer help and support to those who may be dealing with suicidal thoughts. And so you can actually go back on our Instagram page and find those posts that offer some really practical tips and tricks to navigate if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts and also if you know somebody else who is. And then on those posts, we link to different organizations that have other really great resources that you can get connected to. And then the final thing that I'd offer is actually one of our youth pastors, Tanner Newman, down at our Shawnee uh, Life Church location has been really passionate about the subject for a long time. And he partnered with a bunch of the different counselors in his community to create a pretty thorough document that outlines a lot of the best practices on how to navigate these kinds of situations. And so if that's something that you would be interested in getting access to, you can just email us at switchatlife.church and we would love to respond back to that email and send you that document so that you can have something that might guide you as you're navigating these conversations. But what I want to kind of just continually go back to is the fact that yes, resources are helpful, but the most important thing are relationships. Your relationship with that student and you leaning into the relationship that you have with your youth pastor to come alongside you, the student, and the family to help them navigate these situations in a way that's going to bring them back to Jesus. Yep. I think that everything that you said is so important, especially bringing it like back to the bedrock of relationships. And again, just encouragement to this leader, the fact that these students are willing to open up with to you is a huge deal. Absolutely. Um, the only other resource that I would add to the list of things that uh, James mentioned is uh, on a couple previous episodes of this podcast, we uh, interviewed Kim West, a licensed professional counselor, and she has some great stuff so on good. overall dealing with situations like this. Um, and those episodes are episode 51 and episode 60, if you want to go check those out um, and add that to your uh, repertoire. Fantastic. Anyways, thank you for that question. And if you have other questions, please continue to submit them to us by emailing switch at life.church. Um, we want to come alongside you guys and uh, help you be the best leaders that you can be. So up next, James, just give us a little preview slash recap of what our content this upcoming week is going to look like. Yeah, so we are sort of taking a one-week break from our series by faith because it's Thanksgiving week, so there will not be Switch in real life, but there is still Switch happening online and on YouTube. And so we're doing a Switch giving experience where the message is myself sitting down with three of our different youth pastors, sharing stories of the way that God has been moving through our ministry since the beginning of the semester in the online space at our Switch in Real Life locations, and also through these students that are serving in their community and making a difference. And so it was a pretty cool conversation just to get to talk about the ways that our students are making a difference for the kingdom and being transformed by the power of the gospel. And so that's something that you and your students can tune into either live at Switch Online or after the fact by checking out the message that's there on YouTube. And then when we come back from Thanksgiving break, we will be in week three of our series by faith, where we're continuing to explore the question, what is faith? Why does it matter? And how do we as followers of Jesus live by faith? In the first two weeks of the series, we explored the idea that faith 
is trust based on evidence that leads to obedience with Ryan Hunter in week one, helping us see that if we want to really trust in God well, we've got to make sure that we understand the story that God is inviting us into. It's a story that starts with a good beginning in Genesis 1. Before sin and shame and death and suffering ever enter the picture, God created everything and he called it good. Now, that's Genesis 1. Obviously, Genesis 3 comes after Genesis 1. And we do live in this fallen world where as human beings, we've been infected by the disease of sin. But the good news is, is that because of Jesus, because of the power of the gospel, we can be healed from our sin. We can be reunited with God and we can be a part of his plan to restore all of creation. That was week one. Week two, we got to hear from Allison about this idea that if we really want to know the story, though, we've got to meet the author. The author of that story is God. It is the heavenly creator who is behind everything. It is Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And so when we encounter the presence of God, we can have our faith strengthened so that we can better live into this beautiful story that he's writing. Now in week three, which will be when we come back from Thanksgiving break, we're going to talk about what about when it seems like our faith isn't working. Mm. What about when following Jesus doesn't seem worth it? What about when God isn't showing up the way that we hoped he would? Because in this chapter of Hebrews 11, there's this portion right near the end, starting in verse 35, where all of a sudden it goes from this highlight reel of these heroes of the faith accomplishing incredible things by faith to a series of people who, by faith, experienced immense suffering. And yet what we're told by the author of Hebrews is that all of them, those who did amazing things and those who endured immense harm, were all commended, recognized, and celebrated by God because of their faith. So for those of us who are following Jesus in the modern world, how do we live by faith when it seems like faith isn't really working? That's what week three is all about. And in week three, we're going to introduce the spiritual practice of surrender, which is simply replacing, letting go of our ways of thinking, believing, and living so that we can replace them with God's ways of thinking, believing, and living. So that's week three. And then we wrap up this series with week four. We're actually going to have a student team teach. So just like we did for those of you who were here last year at the end of the spring semester, where we're going to have some of our very own students get on stage and teach the message where they'll be sharing from their own story how God has been working in them and through them, how they have been living by faith. So that's what you can expect to come when we get back from Thanksgiving break. Yep. So excited for the rest of this series. So excited for that student team teach. I feel like that's always such an impactful night uh, to get to hear students uh, sharing their own stories. It's, it's super cool. Um, So it seems like the through line of this episode is meaningful relationships. That's what uh, we kept coming back to in answering the question at the beginning. Um, And the faith series, faith is trust based on evidence that leads to obedience. Trust is built in relationships. And so we're going to we're going to talk about for the rest of this episode, we're going to talk about how do we build meaningful relationships with our students Um, and we're going to walk through some tips and things. And a lot of this stuff that we're going to talk about is from the book, It's Personal by Reggie Joyner. Um, it's a quick little read if you haven't read it. 
uh, you should definitely check it out. So yeah, James, tips and tricks for building meaningful relationships with our students. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if you've been a part of Switch for any amount of time, you know that everything we do is built on the foundation of relationships because we believe that life change only happens in the context of relationships, that true transformation comes through a relationship with Jesus. But in order to live in a relationship with Jesus in the way that we're intended to, it can't be just us and Jesus. It has to be us and the people of God and Jesus, right? It's all of us together as the body of Christ. And so for us to effectively lead our students to become fully devoted followers of Christ means being in meaningful relationships with them so that we can help connect them to God, the God who created them, the God who loves them, the God who has a purpose for them. And so like Caitlin said, Reggie Joyner is an absolute um, brilliant thinker and author who specializes in all things next-gen ministries. And one of his more recent books is titled It's Personal. And it's about these five questions that every kid and student needs answered for them to be able to live with hope. Those five questions that we're going to walk through are these. Do you know my name? That's question number one. Do you know what matters to me? That's question number two. Do you know where I live? That's question number three. Do you know what I've done? Question four. And then question five, do you know what I can do? Do you know my name? Do you know what matters to me? Do you know where I live? Do you know what I've done? And do you know what I can do? And it's through answering those five questions for these students that we can actually step into a meaningful relationship with them. Because the opposite of shallow isn't necessarily deep, it's personal. At least this is the argument that Reggie Joyner makes in his book, It's Personal, because what he has seen throughout his years and years and years of experience in ministry is that the more personal we can get with our students, the more effectively we can bring them into a personal relationship with Jesus. And so we're just going to quickly walk through each of these five questions and talk through some tips and tricks on how you can navigate those questions well So that by the end of this conversation, you have a pretty good idea of how you can take some steps deeper into the relationships you have with your students, or maybe the relationships that you're going to begin building with your students, because maybe you're just getting ready to jump into Switch for the very first time. This is a really, really great place to start. So that first question is, do you know my name? Caitlin, why does it matter to know somebody's name? Oh goodness. That it feels like that is the most uh basic low-hanging fruit as far as when it comes to uh someone's identity, who they are. That is like the that is like the lowest hanging fruit on the shelf that that we can step into in uh affirming and seeing someone for who they are. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things that I think is really interesting. Uh, Dale Carnegie, who wrote the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People over 75 years ago, says that there is nothing sweeter in the English language to somebody than the sound of their own name. (laughs) And And I really like that idea where he's putting a lot of emphasis on the importance of knowing someone else's name and calling them by name. Because if somebody doesn't care enough to learn my name, then how am I going to trust them to actually care about my story, to care about my struggles, to care about what it is that I'm walking through? And so for you as a switch leader, step one is to know the names of your students. And if you're one of those people who isn't good at learning names, that's okay. Learning names 
I would argue is not a gift, but it is a skill that can be developed. And so one of the things that I often do when I'm meeting new people is as soon as I get out of that conversation with them, I will open up a note on my phone, write their name down, and then write a few facts about them. It might've been what they looked like. It might've been what we talked about. It might've just been something that spurred in my mind as I was in a conversation with them. That way I can actually go back when I see that person and realize, oh shoot, I think I forgot their name, but I know I wrote it down. <laughs> and so like, that's, good. that's one of the super cheesy <laughs> tips and tricks that I have for you. The other thing that I would say, if you're a switch group leader, is that at the beginning of your switch group, take some time to have your students reintroduce themselves several weeks in a row, especially every time you have a new student. Like for the first, I think, the, I guess it would have been the first seven weeks of Switch, the entirety of our Kingdom People series at Switch in Real Life. Every single week, I had my students start off by telling me their name and something interesting about them or something that happened that week. Because I knew that we were all getting to know each other. And so literally seven weeks in a row, I had them continually repeat, hey, because we got some new people here or because we're just getting to know each other as a group, I want everybody to start out by telling me your name and what was the best thing that happened this week or tell me your name and who your favorite superhero is or, or whatever. And so over and over and over again, they were repeating their names and I could make sure that I've got it written down so I can call back to it. And every time I talked to them in group, I would always say, hey, Layton, this question's for you. Or, hey, writer, this question is for you. And so as much as I can, I just repeat their names incessantly so that they yep. know I know it and also so that I can keep driving it deeper into my own brain. Yep, that's good. Repetition is key for me when I'm learning something. It's an over and over again. And honestly, like hearing myself say it is helpful to me. Um, and also, I'll just throw this in there and then we can move on to the next, next question. I feel like you have to, you earn the right to uh, call them, hey, pal, <laughs> hey, buddy, <laughs> hey, friend. You don't yeah, yeah. get to do that <laughs> until you earn the right by actually becoming their friend, by actually becoming yeah. their buddy, by actually becoming their pal. Until that That's point, funny. you you call, you call them by their name. <laughs> and listen, here's the deal. If you are feeling a little bit uncomfortable because this entire semester, there's that one kid that you've only called pal the entire time and you're embarrassed to ask them their name at this point. Here's another sneaky trick for you. Just tell them, hey, can you remind me how you spell your name? <laughs> it's good. It's good. It works, man. I'm telling you, it saves you a little bit of shame. Um, or, you know, you can you can just be really honest and vulnerable and bold and tell them, hey, I'm mm. so sorry I forgot your name. Will you remind me? And I'll tell you what, even though it might feel awkward in the moment, it's going to make things so much better in the long run because right. you will know that student's name. And by learning their name and reminding them that you know their name, it's going to be one step closer to showing them that you really care. So that's the first yep. question. Do you know my name? Second thing, do you know what matters to me? Do you know what matters to me? Reggie Joyner makes the argument in his book that when you know what matters to a student, then they begin to know that they matter to you. And so, yep. Caitlin, as you are thinking through this idea of learning and reinforcing what matters to your students, what comes to mind? Yep. Uh, a few things come to mind. It, thing number one is you can't build a meaningful relationship with someone based on a piece of paper, a.k.a. <laughs> that leader guide is not your golden ticket. <laughs> come on. 
it's a it's a great place it's a great starting point but don't let that be the finish line because <laughs> you yeah. can build a meaningful relationship with someone based on a piece of paper but you can build a meaningful relationship with someone based on a common interest yeah. uh that is a lot of how i make initial connections with people is like oh my gosh you love sports i also love sports and yeah, yeah. and we can we can find that that piece of common ground um so yeah be interested in what they're interested in and then follow up on the things that they tell you about. Yep. Like for, for example, uh, one of the girls in my group is in cheer and every week almost uh, I get to ask how that week has been and hear about the latest injury or the latest stunt that they're <laughs> performing. And there's usually a video that accompanies it. And That's I just get fantastic. to be super excited about seeing the next stunt that they pull off. And it's a lot of fun. So that's it. how I kind of follow up on it. Not just like, okay, you're into cheer. Love that. I also like sports and things. But every week it's like, all right, what'd you do this week? Let's see it. That's so good. You know, I think the thing that's important to acknowledge here is that you don't actually have to be interested in what they're interested in to be interested in it. And, and here's, right. here's what I mean by that is that there are some of the guys in my group um, who love YTP videos on YouTube that stands for YouTube poop. And oh. what these are, are these horrendous abominations of montages of just random clips with random things happening that make no sense that the sixth graders in my group think are the funniest thing ever. <laughs> I think it is literally mind numbing. But I ask questions. I listen to them when they talk. When they want to show me a video, I watch the video. Why? Because right. even though I don't care about those videos, I care about these students. And right. if they care about these videos, then I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to listen and I'm going to be respectful. Another example, there's a guy in my group who's obsessed with Avatar The Last Airbender, which is easy because I'm also obsessed with Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> so in week three of the series by faith, you better believe I'm wearing an Avatar The Last Airbender t-shirt and I'm giving my guy Micah a Come shout on. out because he is probably the only person I know who loves Avatar more than me. But these are the things that I've That's begun good. to learn about the guys in my group that I'm trying to bring up in conversations, continually ask them about because yep. I know it matters to them. And when I yep. ask them about those things that matter to them, I'm reminding them that they matter to me. So you as a switch leader, if you want to build yep. meaningful relationships with your students, first, learn their names. Second, learn what matters to them. And then third, you got to learn where they live. And this doesn't just mean where they live geographically, but right. learn about where they come from, their home, their family, where they right. grew up, where they go to school, those things that have shaped who they are as an individual. And this is so important because there are going to be some of our students who have grown up in a very stable, loving Christian home. And that's going to shape who they are and how they interact on a Wednesday night. And there's others of our students who have grown up in a not very stable and definitely not a Christian home. And that's going to shape what they bring to the table every single week at Switch. You know, I think about the guys in my group who I know have committed Christian parents who have mm -hmm. raised their kids really, really well and raised them to love Jesus. And I've also got guys in my group who have grown up in, um, in homes where they only have one parent present where they have had to move frequently because of a parent's job. And so they've never really been able to get rooted and planted in community and build strong 
friendships. Like all of these things have been mm. true and that right. shapes what they bring to the table. And it also shapes how I have to relate to them to make sure that I'm right. meeting them where they are so I can bring them a little bit closer to Jesus. And so those are some of the questions right. that are those next level questions beyond just, hey, what's your name? What do you do for fun? Also, man, tell me about your family. Tell me about right. what life is like at home. Like, what do you guys typically do? What's that dynamic? Oh, like your 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 parents are divorced? Man, what, what's that been like for you? How often do you get to see your dad? And it's those kinds of questions that we begin to ask over time and learn the answers to that give us a little bit more of perspective on how we can relate to our students, where they are, so that we can bring them right. closer to Jesus. Right. Yeah. What we're not saying is that you have to sit down stare into the depths of each of your students' eyes every single night and say, what is your life story? You don't need to get it all in one foul swoop, one, one <laughs> right, big cake right. of like, oh my gosh, tell me everything that has ever happened to you, go. But you do need to be committed to the process of getting Absolutely. to know their story. And I think it looks like leading with curiosity, like you're just explaining. Like yep. just being willing to ask that next level question, uh, not just what's your favorite cereal, but I, again, that's a great question. Just don't great. stop there. Just don't uh, stop. Stay committed to the process. So if we want to build meaningful relationships with our students. We got to learn their name, learn what matters to them and learn where they live. Where do they come from? What is their home life like? And how has that shaped them? The fourth thing that we've got to do is we've got to be able to know and learn what they've done. Now, at the beginning of this conversation, we answered a question from a switch leader about how their students have opened up to them about the suicidal thoughts they've been dealing with. The fact that that level of relationship is in place is so, so significant because people yep. don't just tell anybody those things. They only tell those kinds of things to people that they trust and that they know care about them. And so yep. we want to get to this level of relationship with our students so that they will be willing to share with us the things that maybe they're afraid to share with others, the things yeah. about themselves that maybe they're guilty about, that they're ashamed of, that they're afraid if they were to tell somebody that that person would look differently at them, that they would think less of them, that they mm. would potentially judge them or push them away. One of the most beautiful things about Jesus was the way that even sinners and tax collectors yep. and all of the people who you would never think would show up to the religious services in their day felt comfortable around him because of the fact yep. that he would just love them right where they were. And even though they knew this dude was a Jewish rabbi who lived according to the Torah, the laws of Moses, they knew that he was the most holy and righteous person imaginable. He still loved them right where they were. And they felt comfortable sharing with him the wrong things that they've done. And so for us as switch leaders, we want to lead with so much grace and mercy yep. and compassion that as we're building our relationships with our students, they're willing to open up to us about the things that might be scary to talk about. And when yep. they do, the most important thing that we can do is listen without judgment. Right. Listen with compassion, knowing that, hey, just like they've messed up, so have we. And if yep. God can forgive us of what we've done, then you better believe he can forgive them of what they've done. And so instead of trying to heap shame or condemnation or guilt, what we want to be able to do is receive that confession with grace, knowing yep. that it is God's kindness that leads to repentance. So good. Yeah. I And I think 
just the way that we get there, it does not mean that you have to be serious all the time and just like (laughs) super somber all the time. That is not actually disarming at all. If you just walk around like super somber and like heavy all the time. I've, for me, what I've found is that like usually being goofy is the opposite of being guarded. If I can be goofy and like, just like mess around and like, that's like a level of vulnerability that uh, for a lot of my students has been the thing that has been disarming, that has allowed me to enter into some of those uh, deeper, more serious moments. So hear all this 100% listen without judgment, but know that that doesn't mean that you have to be super serious all the time. Right, for sure. That's so good. So how do we build meaningful relationships? First, we learn names. Second, we learn what matters to them. Third, we learn where they live, where they've come from. Fourth, we build a relationship that's strong enough for them to feel comfortable sharing with us what they've done. And then finally, we help them see what they can do. That last question, do you know what I can do? The reality is that there are so many of our students who have such a low expectation Mm. of what they can do that one of the greatest gifts we can give them is the statement i see in you fill in the blank come on i see in you the capacity for leadership man every time you get around your two buddies and you guys are talking chatting up a storm you actually lead the entire group off topic Mm. what would be different if you took that leadership and used it for something helpful, (laughs) that's a silly example, but it's a real conversation I've had. And so what I want to do is I want to know my students well enough that I can tell them, Hey, you may not see this in you, but I do. I believe that you have potential, that you have the ability to use this gift to make a difference. Hey, like I know that you have ADHD and you don't think that you can pay attention, but I need Mm. you to understand that your diagnosis does not define you. That yes, it's going to be more difficult, but you have the capacity to stay focused and engaged because bro, I see you every week on your Nintendo Switch, totally locked in and focused (laughs) on your video game while we're worshiping Jesus. If you can pay that much attention to your video game while all this noise is happening, I promise you, you can pay attention in this small group. It's like, again, (laughs) a silly example. I'm leading sixth graders. It's going to look different for you. But even in those moments, I'm looking for what do these students bring to the table and how can I call that out of them so they can Mm. see in themselves what maybe they've never seen before. That's so good. I think that just that statement of I see in you, my gosh, that's so powerful. And I, it, for me, that was, that was the thing that um, kind of helped me in, in the earlier stages and phases of my life understand who I was and the gifts that Jesus had given me was because people older than me, mentors and leaders and my parents uh, cared about me enough to fill in that blank in my life. Um, and I couldn't be more thankful. And now I get to turn around and have the opportunity uh, to, to do that in the lives of our students. There's like the, the like cheesy quote comes to my mind. Um, if, if you see it, then say it. <laughs> right. I think that there are, there are certain contexts where that's the terrible idea. But I think in this context, 
where we are talking about highlighting the good things, the good, the right, the true things that we see in our students. My goodness, if you see it and you think it, then please say it. Absolutely. There is never, there is never going to be an, an, an ill opportune time to speak a word of encouragement to them. Come on. That's so, so good. Yeah. Ephesians 4.29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. As switch oh. leaders, one of the most powerful roles we can play is speaking life into our students who have maybe never had that spoken into them before. And when we do that, when we start by learning their names, when we begin to discover what matters to them, when we understand their story, where they've been, where they've come from, when we are willing to be close enough to them that they're willing to share with us the things that are most difficult to share, and then we can speak into existence the gifts, the qualities, and the talents that they may not see in themselves, then yep. we will build meaningful relationships and help them grow closer to the God who created them. Yep. Yeah, I'll end with, uh, with this quote that comes to mind is that, only love gets close enough to know. And uh, that's that's the kind of, of leadership that Jesus modeled, was a love that got close enough to know the, the broken parts of people's stories, as well as that raw potential. Jesus was close enough to know, and we get to follow in his footsteps as his disciples. So uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for being with us on this episode. Have the best Thanksgiving ever. Enjoy time and meaningful relationships with your family. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader that we will be tomorrow. See you guys next time.